What we've been learning the last few weeks has been an attempt to do our best to realize that we could become chassidim, we could become righteous, holy people, we could become people of, of mamish, big minds, deep thoughts, holiness. We could literally become holy people when we pay attention to that which makes us tick, to everything that makes us tick, all the physical stuff that makes us tick. Not just, that was the chiddush, not just looking at the things that make us fly and feel all, but actually the things that make us tick down here in this world. Paying more attention to it, inviting more consciousness and awareness to all the little things. Mamash, that's what he was saying. Until slowly, slowly, each area in my life, whether it's the way, honestly, the way that I take out the garbage in the morning, or the way that I approach going to bed, the way, I mean, I, I, I noticed the last few days, um, the, the consciousness I have when I say the brach of Asher Yatzai, that was coming up for me a lot lately. The, the awareness of that, that, that bracha, which is, so to speak, after such a physical act, and yet, like, who I could become with the awareness of the bracha of Asher Yatzai can take me to the highest places in the world. These little bits, all these different, all these different tactics, the Rebbe was guiding us to understand and to internalize that this is actually what brings you to a place of eventually seeing that your full, your full-on holiness is just everywhere, right? And I think he's, he's really addressing those that are, have such a, a longing to be like a flying angel, and, he sees, and they see like the big tzaddikim, they're like, I want to be like that, right? But he's saying, listen, who knows how they got to this place, right? And who knows how you're going to get there, but we know one thing, we could work through our bodies, we could work through our bodies. And that's what he was really guiding us to do. But now he's going to stop, and he's like, Bachur v'avrech chasid. How do you know if it's working or not? <laughs> so how do you know if it's actually happening? After everything I've learned, how do I know if all, this, all these tactics are really working, and, or am I just reading things and I know a lot of information, or have they actually made an impact in my life? You, you feel it. You applying them to your day-to-day. You could apply tactics to your day-to-day all the time. How do you know if you become a changed human being more than just the pilot that you do? More than just the actions that you do? More than that. Bokeh Tov. Okay, so bottom of Kufay. Bachur v'avrech hasid. Achar shebaruch Hashem iganu atko, we've gotten till here. Mukhrachim anu lafsik ba'emtsa inyaneinu. We got to stop in the middle of what we're talking about. We've got to give you a sign for you to see where are you at. Let's see where you're at. So the simon over here is going to be, and it's going to let you know, have you really like, implemented and t- taken in all the stuff we've said for you to do? Or have you just read and you can go and tell someone what the Pia Setzner Rebbe says? You know, I think about this a lot like, because my mind is so focused right now on, on a, lot, a lot, it's very focused on the curriculum for these the chavah that are joining this machon. And I'm preparing curriculum and, and, and just thinking about a lot of different things of the chavah that are moving here. And one of the main things that I keep on coming back to is we want to produce leaders that really don't feel that it's that important that you could show people that you know what he says. 
it's important that you know what they say. But do you really feel it's important that you present yourself as someone that could tell you, a lot of people, what the other person says, what the Rambam says, what the Ramban says. It doesn't mean you don't quote the Ramban or the Rambam. Of course you do. But not a means of, of showing that you have that down. But rather... Can you, can you show how the Rambam is alive in what you're saying? Can you show how the Ramban is alive in how you're projecting and how you're sharing Torah? And I think the Rebbe here is really putting things in a really, he's really like, he's saying here, Chazak, like, let's see, did you read what we know and you may even know what we said or has this become part of your life? What's the, now what's the simon? What's the sign? How do we know? Ah, I'd love to know. I'd love to know if there was any movement, if there was any growth, if there was any birth happening. If you really went through it with through avoda, which would result in your in your soul truly longing to ascend from the bitza. The bitza is. Uh, the swamp, towards your purity and the, and the holiness of Hashem. And every piece of advice that will be given to you. And you go and fill up the prescriptions that we've, that we've, we've been prescribing for you. And you've actually started to, to, to work in a very metho, you know, methodological way on everything that this Sefer has been giving you, that you've managed taking it on. That's what he's saying, that you it on. Then it must be that you could already see differences in you for the best. If you're under the assumption that you've taken everything on and you're doing it, and you still can't see any results, it's a simon that you're cheating on your diet and you just don't realize it. Like going to get weighed every week at Weight Watchers and you're shocked, how could it be that, right? And you're like, it, it, it only means that there's something that you're not, you're not realizing is, is wrong in what you think is the proper diet. Why? Because if you were keeping it, if you're doing it right, then it must mean, it, then you'll, it must be that there'll be some kind of a result. We're so easy to say, no, I did everything right and it's still not working. But I was saying, I don't want to ask them. Like a diet. Huh? Like a diet. You're right, it's exactly what I said. Yeah, yeah, mamash. Same exact thing. Okay. Now, what does that mean that you'll see a shinui letova? What does it mean you'll already see a good change? It would result in that you see, you'd notice that your thoughts are already thinking holy thoughts. And you've also had the ability and the privilege to illustrate holy thoughts for longer moments and with better, with, 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 with a stronger mindset more than it was before. That's a simon that the work is work, that the work is actually happening or not. Is that what he says? Yeah, I'm thinking of myself. Yeah, 100%. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, it's the three weeks now, right? Like t- tonight, starting yeah. through these three weeks. On Shabbos, 
there was a bat mitzvah here, and one and the girl she kept she did an amazing model of the Beis Hamikdash. Any of you hear this? I spoke about it for a second in Shul. She actually created a model of the Beis Hamikdash. This was yeah, and she kept it in my office over Shabbos to show the family. And um, I had to go down during Shabbos. I had to sometimes I don't usually go on Shabbos, but if I need a certain safer that's there, I, I, I go in there. I went in there to get a certain safer, and I see the model of the Beis Hamikdash on <laughs> on my desk. So t- talk about like taking children, you know, taking things to the power of visualization. It's not just visualization; it's <laughs> manifestation of vis- visualization. You know, literally. You were literally. expecting to see it, huh? I I knew it was there. I just didn't. I. F- you forgot. You know what? I just thought that, like, okay, I'll notice that it's there in, in Zell. Right. But it, it doesn't. It, it did more to me than just noticing that it was there, you know? Right. Wow. It's like the way we are with our Sfarim. We notice that they're there in the room, but what does it do to us when we walk into a room? Mm. We see Sfarim. Right. Then we start having the guilt game, because then we realize it doesn't do anything to us, and then we start <laughs> feeling guilty, so we walk into rooms like this, <laughs> you know? <laughs> All these things. It says, not just that, that your visualization is more powerful, this is the fourth line from the bottom, and this is really important. And it must be that you become a more mitragesh person. How does he say that, David? How does he say that? Experiencing more feeling? Yeah, literally. It means like emotions. And, more sensitive? Yeah. Leif Basar. Huh? Leif Basar. Yeah, that you're more heart of flesh. With yira, ahava, shbirata, leve, simcha. You're feeling, you're feeling more. You're feeling everything. You're feeling yira. You're feeling oh, love, heart, uh, broken heart. You're feeling simcha. It's not just based on everything we wrote for you. But rather things that you didn't even know existed before that are existing with you. You feel it. You feel it. It's already happening on its own, from within you, that it becomes renewed. The Rebbe is saying over here, the goal of this Sefer is not only that the things that we're saying to you will start happening to you, even things we're not saying to you are happening to you. Why? Because you're your own world. And you're your own ma'arechet. You have your own system. This is very important. This is like a Rebbe really giving, giving, putting faith in the Talmud saying, whatever I'm, I could teach you, that should be happening as well. But there's also a whole other world called your, you and your Chiddush. And if, the, if, your, if your avoda is Moshe Tzarich, then there'll be new things that are, that are coming out from you, Bezrat Hashem. You understand this, Diuk? This is very important. It has to come, it'll, it'll start coming from you as well. Next paragraph. And you may start asking, where did this come from and who created these feelings? By me, there's a tzere under the gimel. By you too? That's weird, right? I don't know what that... What does that mean with the tzere? Hasagol, slicha. Hasagol. No, you see? Yeah, it's a taut, right? Yeah, it must be, okay. 
כי כפי שהיית בספרים הקדושים, like the holy books tell us, השגה גדולה היא להשיג את נפש איש הישראלי, ואנו אין משיגין אותה. It's an amazing השגה, uh, reach, comprehension, to actually understand what it means to have, to be connected to a Yiddish soul. And we don't really get there. Like, to understand the capacity of what it really is. It's like, I know I'm part of Am Yisrael. I know it's so special, but do I grasp the entirety of what it means to have a nefesh Yisraeli? Ubetzedek, Yecholim lemor lechol ish Yisrael, Michotev etzim vad shoev maim, Da, ki lo ata, velo ani yecholim lasig et gudulatcha gudushatcha rabba letzmotcha. I could say, listen, from the lowest to the highest, I'm just not capable of really hopping who I really am because it's too big for me. I could say that. The Rebbe says, you know what a Yid is like? He's like the son of a king who is held captive in a pit. That's what it's like. And it's, uh, in this pit, he's also wrapped around smartotim uh, megoalim. That means rags, vile rags. vile rags, and what's the next thing? Worn tatters. <laughs> and worn tatters. Okay, never. You ever get wrapped up by a worn tatter? Huh? You're not into worn tattering? Lo zulato velo hu be'atzmo yakiru bof ki ben yakir hu beruach umoach nizgavim He's something else, but in his, in his mind, he's something else, but really, no one can recognize him. But once they begin to remove from him these tattered clothings, But once you start hearing to the orchestra, of the king and listening to the nigunim of that of that of that monarch of the royal orchestra, he'll start to burn up. He will arise, the all of him will arise. And his own voice will be able to start to produce us a nigun, a sound. And everyone will be astonished. From his, they'll be blown away from his nigun. Vechulam lifnei pizgat ra'ayonotav asagotav yitbatlu. And then, uh, uh, let me just finish this and I'll explain it. Ve'yomru re'eze davar chadash ashelo yida'anuhu. The Rebbe, it's an amazing thing. The Rebbe is describing something that I believe we see also very much in the words of Rav Kook in that song, Meshorer HaTshuva. Do you know that song, Meshorer HaTshuva? But to put the right? We wrote that song for Rav Weinberger. Meshorer Chuva, those are the first words that Rav Weinberger ever learned from, uh, from Rav Kook. And uh, the words there, I just want to explain the words because it's very much in the context here. Oh, poet of return, have you been born yet? And if you're still up there and up there in the sky and you haven't come down yet, Come down fast. Come down fast. Start playing your 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 kinor, your violin, your heart. 
Why? Like start tshuva mad. Like a yid, the yid that wants to come home. Have you have you been able to voice your longing yet? Because the second you do, what's going to happen? Yishmeu kol dak elev. Yazinu kol arleruach. All the oppressed people, all those that have been waiting to find some type of some type of voice, some type of sound that they could associate with, they're waiting. They're waiting. Maybe it's your voice. Maybe it's your expression of wanting to come home is what they need to hear in order for them to start expressing that they want to come home. Yishme'u kol dak elev yazinu kol arle ruach lehemyat nevalecha to the orchestra of your of your of your nigunim v'shavu v'chayu and they come back home and they start to be alive. So the Rebbe, it's a little bit different here, but what the Rebbe is saying over here is that when you start singing your nigun, when you start to listen to what's really going on in the world, in the higher worlds, you'll start producing things that you could have never imagined and people could have definitely never imagined. It's like sometimes you see someone, but you know them when they're younger. And if you'd ask them, if you'd, ask, if you'd be asked about that person, tell me what do you think is going to be from this person? What kind of chiddush are they going to be in the world? Chiddush? Please. Let's hope they don't get, end up in jail. And then you see them a few <laughs> years later, right? And they're starting to say a word, the Torah. So the cynical mind says, oh, look, they just flipped out, Shana Aleph. Right? The deeper, the deeper the Neshama is, it could be like, wow. Wow, they found, somehow they found the song of their, of their, of their soul. Somehow they found the song of their soul. There's something there. And you'll be blown away by what you're hearing from their voice. But it takes so much humility to humble ourselves, to receive from someone that we thought has no chance of ever enlightening me. They can't enlighten me. That can't happen, right? It takes such humility to be able to really allow ourselves to be not just uh, enlightened, but like driven to higher places from someone that I wouldn't necessarily think because I already had all my preconceived notions about who they are, what they're going to be, and and what they're going to do. Now, the Rebbe is saying, you know what's even harder? When you do that to ourselves, when we do it to ourselves. Like, I have all these preconceived notions of me, so I say to myself, even if I end up sounding holy, it's just going to be a nice fake imitation. He's saying, that's the saddest thing, because to really grasp who I am is so much bigger than anything that I could express, anything I could express. And... uh, that, that's just why I, it, it brought me to that nigun of Rav Cook because it seemed like there was a lot of you know, similarity over here. But to really be able to not, not... To be able to keep on going even if I don't feel a chiddush right away is really important because don't, don't be deterred right now from what I'm saying. It's like, no, if you're really on the right path, you'll, you'll hear your own chiddush as well. Not necessarily. And he ends off this, this, chat, this section like this. Look at the top of Kuv Zayin. Each person in accordance to what, however, the avoda that he read about will take place in his life, the chidush of his soul will show up, whether it's a little bit or a lot. Even if you don't 
Avarta al Kolzein. But the Rebbe is saying, but if you've still been in this shear for about 74 shirim already, and you still haven't found an imprint of the work that we've been discussing, lemaisa in your life, don't start, you know, declaring that you're the biggest fraud and think that you're, you know, you're nobody and that you're nothing and, and go into a dark place. Don't let your heart, don't let your heart be broken from it. I mean, think about it. How many times have we gone through the Torah? <laughs> How many times have we learned every parsha? right? Can I really say that I've, you know, every time I've learned each parsha, I've, I've, especially you learning Ishbetzer, uh, Shabbos morning, right? <laughs> How many times can you say, I've implemented the concept of the Tikkun of my Neshama based on the Meshilach every week? So he says like this, don't get downhearted if you see that you haven't really done the work and it hasn't taken you to a place where you discover new chidushim about yourself and what you could bring to the table. Ragmorita kuntras, finish the sefer. Uchfol veshalesh lekroto. Read it again and read it again. Ubakriyah ashniya, hachbed yoter ta'avoda alecha. And second time around, demand more of yourself from what you're learning. Ve'az bezrat Hashem itbarach targish. Chamesh mot shana gvoim ashamayim mina aretz. That is so deep. That ending over here. He says over here, that, actually, David, how does, he, how does he translate the last sentence? The distance between the heavens and the earth is 500 years. That cannot be spanned in a single step. So he's saying, what are we trying to do here? Like, what are we trying to accomplish over here, right? We're trying to accomplish, basically, what like he says over here, the end of here. The, the merchak between Shamaim and Aretz. Like we're trying to bridge a certain gap here that's between heaven and earth. So what's heaven, like, to sum up, even though it's interesting, this perik is, a, if you see, it's a very long perik, but it was, it, was, it was cut up in a weird way. Because here we have, we just did Aleph. Then there's Bet, but it's in the same perik. But what did we do basically until now? Where did we start from? The Rebbe is saying, I have some, I have some bad, good news and bad news. The bad news, the good news is, you're, uh, no, the bad news is, you're Eretz. The good news is, wow, what you could do with Eretz. Right? That's basically how it starts. You're Eretz, you're, you're the earth, right? You're here. But the good news is, wow, we have, we have so much to do with it, right? We have so much to do with it. Then he continues and he says, um, you're going to look at people that are Shemaim. And what's, what is that going to what is that going to make uh, make you feel <clears throat> that Eretz is shvach and Eretz is bad and everything like that? You're going to want to figure it to crack a code that, in, like he says over here, in one psia, in one in one step, that you're going to become shemaim. Everyone wants to, you know, everyone wants that. Remember, uh, who had uh, you definitely didn't have this. Who had contra? What's Contra? I think that's what it was called. Video game? It was a, it was a, yeah, Nintendo, right? It was, you had it? No, that, that's like a, yeah, so yeah, you're holding the Parsha. Is that what it was called? Contra? It was, it was because there was a video game that there's all these levels to reach, right? But, any, but then at a certain point, Stephen Eagle once spoke about it in Shul, 
22113. There's some kind of a code that you could do in the beginning that you'd get from, and you're starting in Aretz, right? But there was a code that you could figure out how to get to like, whatever, what, to, to, to Shemaim, okay? Uh-huh. Now think about that for a second. Let's say you did that, right? <laughs> what, what does that game mean to you? Nothing. Nothing. You didn't work for Nothing. it. Nothing. But you're looking at people in Shemaim, and you're like, but they seem like they're valuing Shemaim. And they're ever saying, oh yeah, they're valuing Shemaim. You know why? Because they worked Because they were also in Aretz. And they worked at it, and they didn't use the code. <laughs> they didn't know the code. <laughs> they didn't know that you could jump, you know, you could jump all these. They, they, they didn't know it. Thank God. So here, you want the code, use it. You'll be there, nothing. And that's what the Rebbe is saying. And the distance between, and it's so beautiful, he's saying, the distance between Shemaim and Aretz, Chamesh Mot Shana. It's 500 years of difference between heaven and earth. So if you've learned this Sefer, the Rebbe is saying, and you're still feeling nothing, your ego is telling you, this isn't for me. That's what he's saying. It's your ego that says, ah, whatever, didn't work. I, I sat here. I learned. I came to every seventy-four shirim. I'm learning every. I'm learning every shir. Didn't work. The Rebbe says, humble yourself. Finish the book. Finish the sefer. And you know what? And then you know what you do? You open it up again. Do Start all over. Chazara. Do chazara again. What do we do when we finish the Torah? The same minute we finish the chamushichum shei Torah. Bereishis bara lekim sashmayim v'saris. I'm going to tell you a, a gavaldik Torah I was working on two weeks ago, uh, three weeks ago from Reb Shlomo, and you'll see it. Bereishis v'zel sabracha. It says, "What's the last pasuk in the Torah? What's the last few words? Le'ene kol Yisrael. That Moshe Rabbeinu did something. Le'ene kol Yisrael. What did Moshe Rabbeinu do in the eyes of all of Am Yisrael? He broke the Torah. Rashi tells us over there." Hashem was telling Moshe Rabbeinu, Yeshekoyach for breaking the Torah. A lot of different explanations. But the Torah ends off by explaining to us that the last thing Moshe Rabbeinu did was that, he, was that he did something in front of all of Am Yisrael. He broke it. Why would we want to end off like that? Why would we want to end the Torah like that? Because the point of the Torah is not only how you end, but how you restart. So the point is that the Torah ends by saying, kol Yisrael, there was a falling, and then, and then you start right away, that's, the, that's Olam Hazai. In the Torah of Olam Ha'em, of up there, it's, it doesn't, there's, there's no Bereshit because it's just, whatever that Torah is, is, it ends on a nice note, and it's Shemaim. Here it's like, we start in... in, 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 in we start very low, whatever, we work our way up, and we come back down, only to restart over, all over again. That's the program. That's how it works over here. So they say about the Sadiqim, that they fall and get up seven times. Not that they just fall, but they get up. Well, they get up. Yeah. Frank Sinatra will say, ah. get down, get up again. Uh, <laughs> it's fascinating to me that, uh, that in the physical world, any... <laughs> Did he come to like? Did he come to entertain you guys when you were little? Frank? Yeah. Frank. I got to tell you a funny story. I got to tell you a funny story. You know that I, I, I some of the chevron know. I, I had one Shabbos with Tony Bennett. 
It's about yeah. the Shabbos with Tony Bennett. Yeah. Wow. It's a crazy story. His, uh, his daughter converted and married a, a close friend of mine. So I went in to do the chuppah. Wow. So it was wild. It was crazy. <laughs> the chuppah was Sunday. It was Lag Baomer, I think. And fr- so Friday night at, my, at our friend's house, we're having Shabbos dinner with Tony Bennett. Wow. It's a crazy story. Tony Bennett is sitting there and he's looking at me the whole night and he's writing something down in a journal. It was very weird. And I had just landed, Mamish from Israel, one of these direct planes. I was so jazzed, like I couldn't tell if I was actually, if this was actually, I couldn't tell if any of this was actually real. <laughs> and then I couldn't tell at all if this is actually happening right now. <laughs> and he's sitting down and he looks at me and the whole thing, he keeps on looking at me. And uh, he's writing something. This is bizarre. This is just weird. He gets up at the end of the night and he rips off from a piece of, from a, like the journal he had. And he's like, you got a beautiful voice, kid. And he gives me this paper, and he's basically a, uh, he's an artist. He did a portrait of me. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's actually incredible. Yossi, did I ever show you the portrait? Huh? Is it hanging? No, I, I can't. My, I want my mother to know, I can't find it. <laughs> I have a picture of it, but I can't find the actual. Uh... So anyway, why am I saying this? Because... Frank, you said Frank. Everyone was so nervous about what is going on here. We're spending Shabbos with, with Tony that the Balata Bait was referring to him as Frank during during the <laughs> during, during the Suda. Wow. And she's like, Oh my god, like you know. You see more Italian, you see more. Do you know what it was like explaining to Tony at the at the at the Chassan's what's going on and what, what the Badekin's gonna be like and then asking him to give a bracha? To his daughter, as the veil, it, it was so, it was surreal. <laughs> anyway, back to Frank. Sorry, yeah, I got a little tangent there. Um, um, it's fascinating. Nobody, nobody reasonable is going to say that uh, I want to be a doctor overnight. Right? I'm starting in right. right, right. Within a year, I expect to be a top. Surgeon and whatever, right? Nobody, not in programming, not in, in anything, but in, somehow in, in um, spirituality, I, it's very like, interesting what you're saying. I don't know why it's like that, maybe because we think it's like it's it, it, we have access to like magic or something. You're, it's very you're accurate what you're saying. So if I'm a lama lama right? If I could grasp, be able to get the spirituality. If I could grasp a little bit of my of my nefesh alokis, my nefesh Israeli, which he said before, we can't. Ah, but if I could, I could become heaven overnight. Or, or maybe because we know it's the hardest thing that actually to do. And therefore, you want to skip over that hard part as much as we can. <laughs> Harder than even becoming yes. a doctor or a lawyer yes. or anything. Right. That's actually hard. Because it's too hard. Because it's too hard. Is, is, is that expectation new? Is that no, expectation? I don't think so. People have always had it? No, I think it's more common today to think that you could jump faster. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, because of that world run. But I think that it was always, listen, this is 100 years ago, meaning yeah, yeah. I think it was always somewhere where there's this Indian of like, I see a tzaddik, I, I want to be, like be like that. I want to be like that. I, and then I realize I, I'm not like that. So my ego says, eh, you're never going to be yeah, that. Right? It's not just your ego, it's your yetzahara. 
same thing. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. Clearly not a Jewish concept. Uh, not uh, is a really wrong thing in Jewish concept. Correct, correct. But I think that over here, it's more than that. He's saying, and he's saying to us also. He's like, listen, it's clear. It's clear that it's almost impossible to be aware of how much is in you. We know that. But even if you were aware of how much is in you, you'd still have to do the work. Mm-hmm. The more you actually get to know your value, the more that every halacha, the more that every chavrusa, that every moment, that every mitzvah, that every moment of awareness becomes more and more valuable to you. Not, not the opposite. It's not that you look at these things, you're like, what, I have to bother with Hilchot Berkat Mazon. I could be talking about, you know... <laughs> Tikkun oil, and that's what happened in the world. Tikkun olam. That's exactly what happened. You see, we went. They went to wor- they went to words as if like, as if we understand what that tikkun olam. It became such a sexy uh, phrase. Tikkun olam. Tikkun olam was like we say the taken olam This is the highest place of being able to fix things, complete things, everything. But what about all the, the small stuff of whatever? That, you know. That's part of the jumping ahead. <laughs> Mamash. He's saying over here, basically, Tikkun Olam, Chavre, En Chamesh Oj, En Chamesh Meot Shana, Ben Shamayim Varetz. Epho, Ayapam. We used to be that it took 500 years. Today? Mapitom. And, and, and I don't know, like I'm looking around the room. I'm surrounded by people here that understand that there are no shortcuts. There's more access today. That's 100% true. We have a lot more access today than to, to the things that will bring Shemaim into our lives. But everyone here is very aware there are no shortcuts. doesn't mean the work is, is, the work is just as, I don't want to say hard. I don't know what the right word is exactly. The fact that we have all this access doesn't Necessary. make... It's a lifelong yeah. real yeah. But but to say that with a smile, yeah. and not, <laughs> right, that, that's yeah. the whole avoidance. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, for the rest of my life, I'm going to be talking about these things. Unless you're Madonna, you're in Kabbalah. Again, that whole, <laughs> that whole thing, that whole thing is... Skip over everything. I want to do the work, meaning uh, that, that's yeah. the thing to say. Yeah. It's a lifelong journey like this. Is, is like the most beautiful, beautiful thing in the world. Beautiful. It's the most beautiful thing in the world. Yeah. What else you got to do? Like, what else are you here to do? <laughs> what else would you think happens once you crack the tikkun olam thing? Like, uh, we, tikkun olam, we, we, we took care of that one. Well, now what? Now what do you do? What's left then, right? What's left then? But I, I found this last paragraph to be like very powerful. The Rebbe is saying all the tactics... You know them all. You can quote them back to me. They're still not showing up in your life. Don't close the Sefer. Do not close the Sefer. Finish it. Finish it. And then read it again. And then read it again. And the second time you read it and the words are more familiar with you, be you. Take on more. And that's how we got to the whole concept of we learn the Torah again. We learn every we learn the Torah. We finish it. And the same... Ten minutes, we finish it, we start it all, all, all over all again because, like David's saying, what else are you going to do? What else are you here to do? Right? That's Tikkun Olam. That's Tikkun Olam. Anyway, we should be Zolcha Bezrat Hashem to love 
that this is our chilek. But to love it, to love the fact this is our chilek, and to take in the words of the Rebbe, of the PSS and Sechisi Yoganeleinu, and every time we learn, every single day, every moment, every interaction, a shtickle more awareness of who I am, and not to get so intimidated by the fact that I probably won't ever chop to fool me, because I'd probably expire. It'd probably be too much, like my Shabbat, you know, having to wear a, uh, uh, mask. Yeah, a mask, a masve coming down. It'd probably be too much. So, but just to be like thankful for any moment of revelation while while I'm still in a, in a physical body. All right, mm-hmm. good news. We're going to learn Friday morning, and then I'll, and then I'll announce for the rest of uh, of um, the next week and the week after Bezvat Hashem how it's going to be. All right. Interesting.